Welcome to Blue Dot, a look at our place in space. I'm Dave Schloem. You may know that the Perseverance rover on Mars was named by a school kid, Alex Mather, a seventh grader who won a nationwide competition to name the 2020 rover as part of the Future Engineers program, which offers challenges like that to students. The latest Future Engineers contest was to write an essay about the Artemis moon pod, describing how a team of astronauts, or pod, would perform a scientific and engineering experiment-based mission to the south polar region of the moon, where it's known that water ice exists. Out of 14,000 entries, three were chosen to represent the best of elementary, middle, and high school essays. I read the short pieces and was blown away by the attention to detail, writing skill, and adventurous spirit shown by these amazing young people. In just a bit, you'll meet K-4 through grade winner Austin Pritz from Walcott, Indiana, 5-8 through grade winner Taya Sara from Laguna Beach, California, and high school winner Amanda Gutierrez from Lincoln, Nebraska. But first, I wanted to talk to the founder and CEO of Future Engineers to get her take on that program and the contest. Deanne Bell founded Future Engineers in 2014 and studied mechanical engineering at Washington University in St. Louis and has been a television host for CNBC, ESPN, Discovery, National Geographic, and PBS. She joined us recently to talk about the Artemis Moonpod Essay Contest. And Deanne, could you tell us briefly what is Future Engineers and how does it kind of fit into the NASA Artemis program? Yeah, I'd love to. So Future Engineer specializes in online student contests and challenges, uh, specifically for kindergarten through 12th grade students. Um, So we we operate an online platform and we issue all kinds of challenges and we have students all across the nation participating uh, in these innovation and science, technology, engineering and math challenges. Okay, tell us about the, the genesis of the Artemis Moonpod essay contest. You know, how did the idea for this come about? Yeah, so Future Engineers has a, a history of, of collaborating with NASA on a variety of different challenges, you know, from 3D printing in space to uh, naming, you know, the Perseverance rover. And so the, the Artemis Moonpod essay contest came about because there's just such a wonderful opportunity to engage students in the excitement of NASA going back to the moon um, and, you know, going back to the moon this time to stay. And, you know, we know our students are the Artemis generation and we were, you know, just really excited to, to collaborate and partner with NASA on this effort to get students thinking about what they would do on the moon. What, what would they do on their one week mission to the moon um, and, and just, you know, envision themselves stepping foot uh, on the moon and and the types of technologies that they would bring, what they would leave behind for their for the next crew and and who would they bring with them? You know, you can't bring your you know like a hundred people with you, so you have to be really choosy. And so for them to get in that mindset of how to build a mission to the moon. Yeah, the pod is your group of people. Exactly. And what did you think of the the reaction you got? You had fourteen thousand students turn in essays. Yeah, we were we were so pleased with the results of this contest. We had fourteen thousand students uh, from across the country submit essays. Um, the quality of the essays was was top notch, and you know we just saw so much creativity, so much innovation, um, so much uh, you know technical thought that went into these essays. And you know the the essays ranged from you know hundred words for the for the younger students to three hundred words for the older students, and we saw just a, a real strong ability to communicate. Uh, you know, within such a succinct manner to communicate these really big, um, inspiring concepts. So we're just, we're just, uh, we couldn't be, we couldn't be prouder of all the students that participated in this contest. And we, you know, we, we couldn't be prouder of the winners. Well, as a, as a retired educator, I know reading essays is hard and 14,000 is a lot. Can you tell us about like, who were the judges you had that, that went through all of these before you finally decided on the winners? Yeah, so one of the great things about Future Engineers is, you know, we engage students across the country in these challenges, and we also engage judges across the country. And so we had... um, you know, we had uh, so many judges step up and volunteer to help judge this contest and review entries and uh, really leverage their expertise to, to evaluate these entries. And um, it was it's just really a, a collective effort of, of just celebration of, of uh, STEM education, of engaging students with space education and engaging you know, the general public to help review these entries as well. So, so big shout out to all of our judges if you're listening out there. Thank you. Um, 
um, you know, for everything you've done uh, to help review these entries and choose these winners. Well, thanks, Deanne. And thank you for making this contest possible for students across the country. Thank you for having me. And it's been such a pleasure. And, and we look forward to our next contest next school year. Well, we'll definitely want to talk to you about that when it happens. Great. Thank you so much for having me. Thanks, Deanne. Now let's meet the winners of the Artemis Moon Pod Essay Contest, Austin Pritz, Taya Sarer, and Amanda Gutierrez. Can you all give us your grade level and age? Starting, starting with you, Amanda, and we'll work backwards. Yes. Yeah, so I just finished um, my freshman year in high school, and I am 15 and turning 16 in September. I am in sixth grade, and I'm 12 years old and turning 13 this July. Uh, I am uh, in fourth grade. I just finished fourth grade. I am 10 years old, and I'll be 11 in 14 days. Oh, well, happy birthday early. Thank you. Well, when you when you first found out about the contest, uh what were your like initial steps? What did you do to decide, you know, okay, how am I going to go about this? Uh, can you start out by telling us, um, let me ask you, Amanda, can you give our listeners what the basic rules were, what you had, what the three main goals you had to hit in your essay? Yes. So you had to um, be able to have a crew for your mission. So it could include any number of people you wanted. And you had to include an invention um, that you created on your own. And then the third thing, you needed to include how your crew would address the challenges and opportunities of exploring the southern pole of the moon. And the the length of the essays, uh, I'd like to ask you all about that because as somebody that writes a lot myself, one of the hardest things to write is something that has a really tight constrainment on word limit, you know, because it's it's not easy to write an essay that's, you know, one, 200 or 300 words. Um, So let me start with you, Austin, because you had like the tightest constraints. You could only write, what, 100 words? Is that right? Yeah. Yeah. How hard was that? Yeah, it was really hard uh, to, we did a lot of research and we had to cram what uh, was really powerful and like knowledgeable into the essay to make it as good as we could. What about you, Taya? Um, I had only 200 words um, and it was really hard because I love all the technology going into the Artemis program right now. So I had to like pick the four main ones that I thought were crucial for human survival and put them in there, but it was pretty difficult. And Amanda, you, you, you had the, the biggest chunk of all, but it's only 300 words. What was that like trying to, trying to get this all in in 300 words? Yes, as Taya touched on, I, it, it was really hard trying to make sure that you touched on everything um, that the, not only the essay needed, but also um, what you needed to put in as in explaining your crew and explaining your, um, your invention to make sure it was clear to any reader that, um, would read this. Yeah. And it's kind of interesting to think about it this way. It's, it's kind of like a mission constraint when you're, you're designing a space mission, you know, you only get so much payload capacity, you can only take so much stuff. And so in a way, having that, you know, word limit is is like an engineering challenge, isn't it? Yes. Yeah. 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 Uh, okay. Let's let's go through your essays. And uh, I, I would like you to read them for us. So I'd like you to do them one at a time. And then I'd like to just comment and ask you some questions about your your essays and before we proceed to the next one. And we'll go through them all, and then I'll ask you all some general questions again. Um, so uh, in in order to be fair and not always keep you stuck in the middle, Taya, I'm going to start with you. Would you please read your essay for us? Yeah, sure. Um, my essay is called One Week on the Moon, The Artemis Adventure. I gazed out of our moon pod window just before it was time to exit. My crew of three and I had been working for years to get here. Our crew consisted of a botanist, an engineer, a doctor, and me, an astrobiologist. We'd been picked because of how well we got along together, 
with our complementary STEM backgrounds and our naturally upbeat personalities. Houston, this is Artemis Crew One, initiating airlock sequence, I said over my microphone. I looked at my crewmates, and as I stepped out of the pod, I felt so gratified becoming the first woman on the moon. Our purpose was to set up a moon habitat containing the four things needed to keep a crew safe. Oxygen and clean water, a waste disposal system, the veggie project for food, and a protective outside shell made of regolith and mycelium. We will build it over the next week, and it will be used by other astronauts for years to come. Embarking on this incredible adventure, I couldn't help but be grateful to be given this opportunity to lead the most remarkable crew and to know that I was a part of the Artemis generation. That's what I really liked about yours, uh, and I loved them all, uh, is that you, you know, put it right out there that you were going to be the first woman to to walk on the moon. And that's kind of the goal of Artemis, isn't it? Can you maybe yeah. tell our listeners who aren't familiar with Artemis why why, is it, why it's called Artemis? Yeah, so um, Artemis is really special because uh, Artemis was the twin sister of Apollo, and so one of Artemis's main goals is to bring the first woman and uh, the first person of color onto the lunar surface. And um, I think it's really important so everyone can have a role model. Um, and uh, I think it's great now that we're incor incorporating everyone in the Artemis mission. And I noticed you have an, an acronym in there, VEGGIE, V-E-G-G-I-E. -E. Um, what does that actually stand for something? Um, well, it's just called the Veggie Project. It, it's a, a, a growing system based on the ISS right now. And they're growing some plants in space. So they did some outrageous lettuce and um, a few different kinds. Um, Scott Kelly is really famous for a clip he did of harvesting some space lettuce and eating it on the space station. It's um, it's a way to sustainably grow plants in space using hydroponics, um, which uses a nutrient water solution um, in the plant roots rather than soil to grow plants. Um, honestly, I, I know that the um, advanced plant habitat is a little bit newer, but it was three words rather than one. So I had to make a couple of decisions based on word count there. And there uh, you go. Yeah. Yeah, no, you you got that very tight constraint. Yeah. Uh, I didn't I didn't bother to count. Do you how many words exactly is your essay? Uh, one hundred and ninety eight. Ooh, you had two to go. You, yeah, you, I know. You, you had two left in your holster. Um, <laughs> okay, tell tell me a bit about the outer shell made of regolith and mycelium, uh, because I know what mycelium is. That's that's the fungal network that you know uh, mushrooms and things like that use. Yeah. Uh, how did how did you decide on that? Where did you get that idea from? Tell us a bit um, more about that yeah. now that you don't have that constraint. <laughs> um, well, actually, I know that Lynn J. Rothschild of NASA Ames has um, actually proposed of using a habitat um, made of mycelium. And I think it's really interesting because we've been able to use mycelium in uh, vegan leather and some food and um, and medicine. And uh, it's really important because mass is not your friend when you're going into space. And so to bring building materials takes a lot of power and a lot of money. And mycelium is cool because you can bring its spores, which are incredibly lightweight, and grow them into a, a, a habitat in around a month. And they're strong and, and durable. And uh, so I just thought it was an incredible technology. And I was like, I have to put this in my paper because it's it's one of the things I'm really interested about right now. Yeah, I really, I, I like that. When I saw that, it, that really perked me up. So I said, oh yeah, I've heard about that idea. That's really cool. Um, and then tell us tell us about your pod, your, your group of astronauts. How did you go about deciding who you were going to have on your pod? And, and then finally, why, why are you an astrobiologist? Um, well, uh, for me, it, the, I sort of had an idea of what I wanted my crew to be like, I guess, what I wanted them, um, what jobs I wanted them to have and what skills. And, um, so I thought a doctor was really important. Um, 
just to make sure everyone's doing okay. Uh, botanist is really important, especially if we're going to be dealing with mycelium and and uh, the veggie project. And um, engineers are also really important for, for the structure of the mycelium and just for doing tasks. And for me, I don't know. Um, I was sort of in between being a, a geologist and an astrobiologist because um, geology is is uh, really exciting um, for me. And but I, I guess I decided to go with astrobiology because um, I felt like I could apply that maybe to to more regions um, on the moon. And I don't know. It, it's it, it's exciting for me to to study life and what other life on other celestial objects might be like. So I, I decided to go with that one for my essay. Well, I have a really good friend uh, who's an astrobiologist, who's also awesome. a geologist and, and a paleontologist. Wow. And so, and so he, you know, you can, you can be all of those things really. And uh, I like the fact that you had a botanist because, you know, you might have to grow potatoes from poop. You never know. <laughs> you never know. You never know. Mark Mark Watney did it. Yeah. Uh, okay. That. I, anyway, great essay. I can see Thank why you. it won. Thank you. We're going to take a short break, but stay with us as we talk to Amanda Gutierrez, Austin Pritz, and Taya Sarer, winners of the nationwide contest to write an essay about a fictional moon mission as part of NASA's Artemis program. Stay with us. <laughs> And we're back. If you're just joining us, we're talking to Taya Sarer, Austin Pritz, and Amanda Gutierrez. They're the winners of the Future Engineers and NASA-sponsored Artemis Moon Pod Essay Contest that was held this past year and drew 14,000 entries from students in grades K-12. through Okay, let's go with you, Austin. Would you please read your essay for us and start with the title? My Mission to the Moon, Emerging from the Moon Pod, Adventurous and Daring Test Pilot, navigator, resourceful chemist, and myself, the determined mechanical engineer team leader, are in awe of the moon's south pole. This mission will put to test our field-leading abilities and years of bonded friendship to establish a permanent research facility on the moon's south pole powered by Krusty, kill power reactor using sterling technology. This nuclear power supply will support a small habitat for future astronauts to set up a colony and cooperatively research liquid oxygen and hydrogen found in the form of lunar ice on the moon's surface. And I I have to give you extra credit points for the best acronym, CRUSTY. The, the kilopower reactor using Stirling technology, that gave me quite a chuckle. I thought that was great. <laughs> How'd you come up with that? Oh, one of my swim coaches kind of, uh, mentioned it to us. And then uh, he said, I'd look up Krusty. So we went and researched a bunch of stuff about Krusty. And I said, that's what I want to put in my paper. And then I thought it was really good. Oh, that, that's that's cool. I was going to ask you, you know, if you had any kind of mentoring or help um, inspiration. So it was your swim coach? Yeah, it was my swim coach. He's a graduate student from Purdue, and he oh. like uh, does like rocket science and stuff. Well, you want to do you want to thank him by name? You can you can say just use his first name if you want. Paul. Yeah, cool. Well, great job, Paul. Paul, the swim coach. Uh, okay, and you in your in your pod you have uh pilot daring test pilot navigator always got to have a test pilot that's who you want to have flying your spacecraft i like that choice yeah 
and a chemist, and you're a mechanical engineer. Is that something you're interested in? Are you interested in mechanical engineering? Yeah, I one of my dream jobs is to uh, design sports cars, and I thought maybe I could design the rocket maybe too someday. Yeah, well, there's a lot of crossover technologies involved there. That's that's cool. And um, when you're doing your, your schooling at home and stuff like that, uh, do you like to do projects, like hands-on things? Yeah, I love doing like science experiments and like I love trying new uh, kind of like stuff that uh, involves like cool engineering things. Well, good luck to you with that in your future. I bet you're going to be an engineer someday. Um, Thank you. you you're going to put the E in STEM, my friend. Okay, Amanda, uh, let's let's go to you now, um, our high school student. And uh, would you start with your the title of your essay and then read it for us? Dream Big Moon Pod. Three, two, one, liftoff. I jerk backwards as 10 million pounds of thrust launch me skyward. An adventure of a lifetime is about to begin. Dream Big Moon Pod touches down on the lunar south pole at the edge of Shackleton Crater. My crewmates, Sylvanus, a chemist, and Neptune, a hydrologist, and I have traveled 250,000 miles to install and program EER, the endothermic electrolysis reactor, which will provide a source of fuel and oxygen for future lunar pioneers. Through the process of electrolysis, EER collects, filters, and splits water molecules using a tubal filtration system 10 feet below the lunar surface. By separating the hydrogen and oxygen, EER will provide fresh supplies of breathable oxygen for future landings. Hydrogen will be converted to fuel so that rockets will have a readily accessible source of refueling. Then it will store the finished products in pressurized tanks. My name is Luna. I am the mission commander, the pilot, and an astronautical engineer. I designed EER, and my role is to direct the effort and test the reactor. Sylvanus is a chemist who specializes in splitting molecules. Neptune's expertise is in isotope and groundwater hydrology. Using our comprehensive and diverse skill set, we will provide a practical tool that will change lunar exploration forever. We unload EER from the moon pod and drive to the center of the crater. We lodge it into the surface and begin testing. Suddenly, there is an implosion in the conversion to fuel compartment. The base of the compartment is fractured. No longer capable of conversion, I redesign the pressurized fuel tank into a converting structure. I then use an extra oxygen tank to substitute as a fuel tank. Finding no other structural flaws, I program the EER to be operational for five years. Three, two, one, liftoff moon pod. Wow. So yours, yours has a pretty exciting ending. <laughs> Thank you. So when you were, when you were researching this, uh, how did you decide to come up with the idea of, of focusing your, your technology on uh, hydrolysis? So when I was researching this, I really wanted to focus on what was really needed for the moon. A lot of astronauts come to the moon only for three or four days, um, and they don't have the sufficient equipment to last um, for a longer period of time. And so I really thought that something... Um, such as my EER, would help astronauts in the long run. The process of electrolysis, um, it splits water molecules into hydrogen and oxygen, and you can use those molecules separately to create fuel and breathable oxygen. And those would eventually be extracted from the machine and be able to be used for um, the astronauts there on the moon, they would also be the entire machine altogether would be able to be mobile. So it'd be able to move um, to the different parts of the moon uh, when the soil below it became exhausted of water or other resources that would be needed. 
Yeah, and have you, have you ever seen that experiment being done, electrolysis, where the, the splitting of the water molecule by running the electrodes through and then the collection of hydrogen and oxygen gas? You ever seen that experiment done in a classroom or, well, or yes. online or anything? Yeah, I've uh, at my school, we had um, a lot of science fairs. And so one of the things uh, that was pretty popular was the electrolysis experiment. So I've seen it many times. Yeah, it's cool because you can see that there's there's the two volumes of hydrogen gas to the one volume of oxygen. So you can kind of see right there, it's H2O. Yes, yes. And then I like your names. Uh, Luna, of course, is very appropriate for <laughs> a, a woman going to the moon. Uh, tell, tell me about how you developed those names. Yeah, so uh, Luna um, is actually, like you said, very um, coincidental because it's the moon, but also it's it's Spanish for the moon. And my dad is from Guatemala. And so whenever I have to speak with family, it's all in Spanish. So um, I thought that was really appropriate that I put that in my essay because it's really important to me as well. So Venus and Neptune come from uh, the Roman names of the Roman gods during the Roman Empire. And uh, I thought that was really important um, to mention because when space programs were being named or obviously the planets or um, celestial bodies, I thought it was really important that I put them in my essay because without those names and those um, representative gods that were important to the Romans, um, we wouldn't know a lot of the uh, planetary bodies that we know today. Yeah. Oh, that, that was really another aspect of your, your essay that really stood out to me. <laughs> Thank you. They're all three wonderful, and I can see why the three of you won. So let me like pull you all together again and ask some general questions. I'd first like to know, like there was what, like about fourteen thousand students put in essays, uh, and then you had uh, one hundred and fifty-five semifinalists, and then nine finalists, and then ultimately you three. When did you find out, you guys? And just you know, whoever wants to answer, just say this is you know whoever, and then answer it. When did you find out that you were a semi-finalist? Uh, this is Taya. So, um, well, for for the semi-finals, I remember I, I checked the site constantly, and I remember they announced um, that they would be doing a live video with an astronaut on YouTube. So I was like, oh my gosh, oh my gosh, oh my gosh, I gotta watch this. So I um, I I went through, and I was just so excited, and uh, I, I I saw my name being announced up on the screen. I was like, yes, and I was I was so happy. So that I that's how I figured figured out I was in the semifinals. How about you, Austin? I was on the beach in my cabana, and I was just watching the live stream, and then I saw my name pop up there, and I was really excited that I was a semifinalist, and I uh, got to uh, have my essay onto the rocket ship to be launched up and to the moon. And you were on the beach? Yeah, in Florida. Oh, cool. Spring break. All right. Well, I, I know who I want to hang out with at spring break next year. Uh, Amanda, what about you? Yeah. So I, when I found out just the, I found out the same way that uh, Taya and Austin did through the running list on the uh, screen during the video with the astronaut. Um, I, I couldn't believe it at first. I was very excited and uh, it was just pure joy after that. Um, yes. Yeah. You know, if you do the math, you know, 155 out of 14,000, you know, you've, you, you're in rare company there. And then when did you find out, uh, let's just start with you again, Amanda. When did you find out you're a finalist, one of the nine finalists? How, did, how does that get, how do you get notified about that? So, yes, I was um, actually in Colorado. I was on vacation with my family over Easter break. And um, my 
my mom got the call and she told me and I was so excited. I, I had never been so excited in my life. It was, it was amazing. It was an amazing feeling. And what about you, Austin? Uh, I was in the car when my mom got a call from NASA and I was like hunched right over her listening uh, impatiently. And then I heard she said that I was a finalist and I was like jumping up and down in the car and I was waiting for my sister, Olivia, uh, to watch her track me in the car. Wow. Taya? Um, actually it's pretty funny. So our internet was out that day, but when it came back on, uh, one of my friends had texted me and she's like, you're on TV. And I look and there it was, it was the video of the finalists being announced on the Lassa live stream. And I was on my friend's TV and then we got the call from NASA just to confirm. But, um, it, it was pretty funny how that happened actually. Wow. That, no, that's, that is, that's exciting. And, um, Okay, then you, how long from then does it take to find out you're the ultimate winners? Austin? I think maybe a month, maybe. Yeah. A couple weeks. And how did did they notify you about that? Oh, well, kind of funny. I was sitting in the, the, in my house with my brother, Avery. Me and him were uh, home alone. And so, uh, my mom and sister were like, uh, in the car somewhere, driving to Lafayette, I'm pretty sure. And uh, I was getting really curious because they said so I, uh, that they said because they denounced it today. So I looked it up on my iPad, and then there I was, right there on uh, NASA.com. Wow, wow, that's that's amazing. Uh, and Taya, what about you? Um, well, I could barely sleep the night before. So of course the first question on my mind that morning was, Oh my gosh, Oh my gosh, did I win? Did I win? And so I was checking all day, um, the website over and over and over. And finally, uh, I was on future engineers and finally I saw the blue ribbon on my essay. And after that, the rest of the school day was shot. I was just celebrating the entire day. Um, it, it was, it was like the coolest thing ever. Yeah, I bet. Amanda. Yeah, so I um, was just like Ty had been checking all day. I was, I was so nervous and um, I, I was so excited to see if I had gotten it. And I uh, checked the Future Engineers uh, webpage and I saw the ribbon next to my essay. And I, the rest of the day, all my friends knew what would ha- what had happened and. I was celebrating all day, and it was so much fun. Let's take a short break, but stay with us as we continue our visit with Austin Pritz, Taya Sar, and Amanda Gutierrez, the winners of the Future Engineers and NASA-sponsored Artemis Moon Pod Essay Contest about a fictional mission to the South Polar region of the Moon as part of NASA's Artemis program that plans to return Americans to the Moon in the next decade. And we're back, and thanks for listening. Let's return now to our Artemis Moonpod essay contest winners, Austin Pritz from Indiana, Taya Sara from Southern California, and Amanda Gutierrez from Nebraska. I'd also like to ask you a, a question about you know what this last year and a half, two years have been like for you guys educationally. Um, have you had to do most everything distance learning? Um, have you 
had any kind of in uh, on campus uh, learning. What what's your um, situation been like with school? So I'll start with you, Amanda. Yes. Yeah, so um, during the fourth quarter of um, 2020, obviously all the schools in um, around the country shut down, um, and I was doing remote learning um, for that fourth quarter. And um, I think that went pretty well. It was a little um, stressful, but uh, I just had to go through it. And then um, here in Lincoln, I, I've i been at my high school all year long um, for the 2021 uh, school year. I've um, been in school uh, the entire year and um They've had a lot of, we've obviously had to wear masks the whole year. And um, it's been kind of interesting as my first year as a high schooler, um, because for me, everything was a lot different. Um, As in a regular high school year, a lot of things would have happened that didn't happen for me this year. And so actually this contest was one of the highlights of my year um, because a lot of things were canceled because of COVID. Yeah. And Taya, how about you? And, and I was going to ask you that. So you just answered my question uh, and you can uh, Taya, and then I'll ask you Austin, what has this contest meant to you, you know, going through this last year of, of either being on distance learning or in person wearing a mask? What's how's, how's this contest really helped you get through this past school period? Um, well, for me, it's been something to look forward to because they set, they spread it out over a series of weeks. Um, so really, I, I've been looking forward to seeing how far I made it in the contest every every couple weeks. And um, when I found out I won, it was really maybe the highlight of 2021 for me. Um, it was this whole competition has been one of the best experiences I've ever had. In Austin? Nothing was uh, really changed for me in school because uh, I'm homeschooled, but like all my sports and everything got shut down. And and yeah, I kind of like how uh, Taya and Amanda said, yeah, it was a, something to look forward to. And I liked how they spread it out throughout the years. So it gave me something to actually look forward to instead of just being in lockdown. Yeah. And, and of course, winning it, you know, that's got to that's got to be a, definitely a highlight of your school career f- forever. That's pretty cool. Before I let you guys go, I'd like to know, were there any like mentors or p- people that really encouraged you along the way that you want to like thank and acknowledge here? So I'll, I'll start with you, Austin. Well, Coach Paul, and then my mom, and then basically my whole family really encouraged me to do good and everything. Um, I just want to say thanks to my mom. She's really been really supportive this whole time. And, um, she was there every time I was announced and just celebrated with me. So thank you, mom, for just being the best. Uh, yes, I'd really like to thank my family. Um, they've been really, really supportive of me and also, um, my school family, my guidance counselor and, um, all of my friends who supported me through this entire time and cheered with me as we um as we saw that I had won and uh yes I'd really like to thank you all great and um were you guys interested in the space program because it sounds like some of you really were uh how what was your interest level in the space program and Artemis and going back to the moon what was it like before this program and like, where is it at now? Like, what level of excitement do you have now? So, um, let's let's start with you, Taya. Um, well, I'm a total NASA fanatic, so my entire I life. I could tell. <laughs> I could tell. Yeah, you can ask anybody I know. They're like, "Yep, Taya, she's a total NASA person." Um, so really, I thought I was at like maximum level of like incitement, excitement, and enjoyment of NASA. But then, uh, with with Artemis and uh, this competition, I got like. I don't know, 20 times maximum excitement. So um, I've just been super excited and uh, thrilled about everything, anything involving NASA going on um, 
forever, but with, with the Artemis uh, competition and um, with the Artemis program, it's really been even better. Yeah, so I was uh, I was kind of just like a normal NASA fan. And then uh, every time my name kept getting announced and everything, then I now I'm like really like 100 percent like a real like a really uh, smart uh, NASA fan. And uh, do you do you foresee that someday in the future, um, Austin, can you can you visualize, you know, what it's going to be like for you, maybe watching the first person set foot on the moon and thinking you were a part of this contest? Yeah, it'd be really cool. Yeah, I bet. Amanda, what about you? How how interested were you in this, and and what's your level of interest now after all of this? <laughs> yes. Yeah, so, um, ever since I was in second grade, I've been fascinated um, by anything space related. Uh, I've loved it, and I got really really interested um, actually when I was in sixth grade in the in NASA especially and the Apollo program of the seventies. Um, I, I, I was so, um, like fascinated just by everything that astronauts had done. And, um, when I heard about this Artemis, um, program for the first time, um, it, it gave me so much hope that, um, maybe if I were to become an astronaut, I'd be there. I'd be part of the program itself and maybe be um, one of the first women on Mars or the moon. So yes, very. And so my level right now is very high. Um, Off the charts. Very high. Yes. And, you know, you mentioned this, but it's true. You guys are just the right age that as this progresses, if it goes according to, you know, hopes and plans, that you'll be, you know, college age and about the right right time in your life to apply to become an astronaut or work for NASA on the Artemis program, you know, when it's really up and running. Have you ever thought about that, um, Amanda? Yes, I've, um, I actually have my sights uh, set for being an astronaut. Um, I, I hope um, to earn a degree in aerospace engineering and um, I would really like um, after college and after um, maybe getting a master's degree in some type of engineering field, um, I'd really like to go for that um, astronaut training program because that would be a dream come true. And um, being an astronaut would fulfill everything I've ever wanted. So, yes. What about you, Ty? Um, well, actually, um, I want to be the first person on Mars. Um, so I'm, I'm so excited to be in the right age range. And um, really going to Mars is like my big dream. So um, especially to be the first woman on Mars would just be amazing. I, I, I'm so happy that I'm the right age and just, um, yeah, it's, it's really exciting for me. You must have been. Uh, you must be fascinated by the perseverance uh, and ingenuity missions on Mars right now. You've been following that pretty closely. Yeah, I was able to see per, uh, Percy um, in the JPL um, while he was being built, um, and uh, so I've been following the mission and all the helicopter flights on another planet. It's just incredible. So um, yeah, I, I've been I've been following all of them all, all the Mars missions. You know you're a NASA nerd when you call it Percy and Jenny. So yeah, you you're, <laughs> you definitely you definitely qualify. Yeah. <laughs> there you go. Okay, you guys, you tell us what you've won, uh, Amanda. What do you guys get as your top prize? As if I don't know. Yes. So we won a uh, trip to see the Artemis One launch in the fall, and be there um, as the rocket is starting off the Artemis program. Yeah, and that's an, an uncrewed mission, um, but that is going to be, you know, one spectacular launch because that's that's a that's a big lip vehicle. It's, you know, been a long time since we've flown vehicles capable of going to the moon. So that's going to be exciting. Ty, are you pretty excited to go see that? 
oh, I'm ecstatic. Uh, I can't, this is going to be my first rocket launch. And uh, what better a rocket to, to watch launch than the SLS? I mean, it's, it's the biggest rocket NASA's ever made, um, the biggest rocket in the world. And uh, I just think it's incredible. I, I'm still pinching myself to see if I'm really, if I really want a trip to go watch it launch. Uh, Austin, it sounds like you've been to Florida on the coast before. Are you excited to go to the Kennedy Space Center for that launch? Yeah, I've always wanted to go to the Kennedy Space Center and like try like see like what gadgets they use and all that kind of stuff. And yeah, it's going to be really fun. And uh, I, I will tell you from experience that because I'm I'm a veteran of the Apollo era that you will feel the launch in your chest. As, as much as you hear it and see it, it's just, it's an amazing, it's, you can't describe what that's like when a really large rocket, because the Saturn V is still, still the king in my book, as far as heavy launch vehicles. Uh, and uh, I, I was very fortunate to see one lift off. I got to visit Kennedy Space Center when it was brand new. I was seven and uh, it was 1967. And uh, it was just an amazing experience to go see that place as it was just, you know, brand new being built, getting ready to prepare those giant vehicles to go to the moon. It was very exciting. Awesome. Yes. Yeah. Well, I'm happy. I'm happy that you're going to get to go do that. That's going to be, it's going to be a great experience. Um, uh, let me ask you this, Amanda, and then I'll, I'll get it from the rest of you. What are your thoughts? Do you, do you ever talk to your friends about, you know, it, it's been a long time since the United States had a vehicle capable of going to the moon. You know, it's like, like for example, um, in, in July, at the end of July, we'll be at the 50th anniversary of Apollo 15 going to the moon, which was the first, first mission that was totally dedicated to exploration for science and had the first lunar rover. Uh, it's just an amazing mission, but that's 50 years ago. That's, you know, so long ago that you were, you weren't even a twinkling in your mom and dad's eye back then. Um, what is it like for you? Like when you, do, when you talk to your peers and friends, uh, about looking back 50 years ago and thinking you're part of this right now, Amanda, you ever, does that ever occur to you? Yes. Um, it's quite, uh, gratifying to think that, um, something that happened as important and as significant as that was 50 years ago, something even bigger is coming. And I think um, as we realize that it um, doesn't quite set in stone until it happens. And I think the Artemis program is going to be the ultimate successor to Apollo. And whenever I talk about it to people, a lot of people don't know about any of this and in the Artemis program or any of it. And I feel like it's super important that we get people to um, know this and be educated about it because the Apollo missions was what was on everybody's um, front headlines. And I'm really hoping that that'll be the same with Artemis and we'll all be able to fully appreciate what we're experiencing in our lifetimes because uh, not a lot of people have experienced something as huge as this event is going to be. Yeah. Taya, what do you think? Um, well, uh, it's just, it's so exciting for me. I mean, my whole life, there's been an unbroken presence in space. And um, I think the Artemis program is really the stepping stone to becoming a multi-planetary species, um, which is, uh, just incredible to me. I mean, I'm, I'm so happy that I'm in the era and this is happening again and we're staying on the moon. We're going to stay. And also it, it's just is an extra bonus that I'm the right age to maybe set foot on Mars. So um, this this whole experience of, of the SLS and Artemis and, and going to another celestial object, like we're not confined to this blue dot anymore. We're, we are going. And that's just, it, it's, it's so fascinating for me. And kind of like Amanda mentioned, a lot of people just are not aware. You know, if you if you were to just take to the streets and ask people, "What do you think of the Artemis program?" They would look look at you like, "What? Um, <laughs> what about what about your friends, Ty? Like your your peers and and, and those people? Uh, 
What do they, do they know much about this? Or um, you, they must because they're around you, but what do they think about it? Well, at my old school, no one really knew what NASA even was. And so as, as soon as I went into the class within the first couple of weeks, my mom was getting emails saying, thanks to Taya, now everyone is a total NASA fanatic. So um, I, I, I made my friends uh, listen to hours and hours and hours of me going on about space and, and going back to the moon. So, um, you know, now we're all drawing astronauts and stuff together. But uh, So uh, my, my friends have definitely gotten a big taste of, um, of NASA. Um, and I, I, I want to share it with as many people as I can and get as many people excited about it as I can. Because in NASA, there's a place for everyone. Like they have engineers, uh, they have scientists, they have graphic designers, artists, um, really, whatever you want to do, you can do it at NASA. And I think uh, space is just such an amazing opportunity. It's really the future. So I think the more people I can get interested and in, everyone else can get interested, the better. So I've made all my friends listen to me just go on and on and on about space. <laughs> I, I could listen to you all afternoon. Austin, what about you? Do, do your friend, Are your friends interested in this at all? Uh, Some of the people you swim with and stuff? Kind of. Yeah. They don't really know much about it, but I've been kind of trying to tell them and get as many people excited about the Artemis uh, launch and the Artemis generation. Well, I bet if you could take one of your buddies to 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 see that launch, that would be a life-changing experience for them. Yeah. Yeah. Well, you guys, it's been a joy talking to you. Uh, I, I really enjoyed it a lot. And uh, as somebody who lived through the Apollo missions and was fascinated at this same kind of level you are, I was just like you guys were when I was, you know, I was nine when Neil walked on the moon. And uh, I followed every mission from beginning to end, and it's been a a lifelong passion for me. And I'm sure this will be for you, too. Uh, I want to thank you, and thanks for being, you know, kind of goodwill ambassadors for the space program. I think NASA did a pretty good job of picking their winners. (laughs) Thank you. Thank you. Thanks again to our guests, Deanne Bell, founder and CEO of the Future Engineers Program, and the winners of their Artemis Moonpod essay contest, Amanda Gutierrez, Austin Pritz, and Taya Sarer. And don't be surprised if you get to see them walking or riding a rover on the moon or Mars someday. And check out the Future Engineers website at futureengineers.org. Blue Dot is a production of North State Public Radio, a service of Cap Radio in beautiful and talented Northern California. You can share this program or check out past episodes and subscribe to our podcast at mynspr.org, the NPR One app, or wherever you get your podcast groove on. Our theme music is by Matt Schiltz. Blue Dot is engineered and produced by the maestro, Matt Fiddler. Our associate producer and owner of a dog named Rocket is Ellie Johnson. For all of us here, I remind you there that from deep space, we all live on a pale blue dot.